I'm Kinsey. And I'm Savannah, and welcome back to the Faith and Friendship Podcast. This is month one of the Faith and Friendship Book Club, and we are so excited to be discussing our book for January. Um, It is The Ministry of Ordinary Places by Shannon Martin, and if you haven't read it, um, I highly recommend reading it. It is a very convicting book, and um, that is what our topic of discussion is today. So I will let Savannah kick it off for us. Okay. Yeah, so this book, first of all, I had never been recommended this book by anybody. I found it from uh, when we were initially discussing talking about books, like faith-based books. I got on Pinterest, and I was looking like, faith books for women, like, books that every Christian should read, and this was one of them, and I was kind of surprised that, like, there were a few books on there that I'd never heard of, so for this one, I didn't really know what to expect going into it, because you just think, oh, the Ministry of Ordinary Places, what is she gonna say, like, take coffee to your friend with, like, a Bible verse on the side, (laughs) like, yeah, I just had no idea what to expect, but this book was so different than I expected and so convicting like it it made me question (laughs) like how good of a servant am I being really to those around me um the book summary basically is that we need to be better about opening up our hearts and our homes to those around us for any occasion and for no occasion um and by the way we both have notes so if you see us looking down It's because we're referencing. Um, So she kind of just talks about her life and goes into um, how she says that she and her husband were um, working these big time government jobs and then they lost those jobs. And so they moved to the, the bad part of town. The other side of the tracks is what she calls it. And um, suddenly they were surrounded by different people from different walks of lives that they had never encountered close up um and just her experience going through life alongside those people and learning how to better support the communities of people that she had never had to think about before so it was a very convicting read for me yeah and she dropped some just absolute dimes of wisdom throughout this book um And we'll get into that. I think you did a really good job of explaining Shannon's um, life experience thus far. And that was really the base of the book is this is just her experience and her life and what she's learned and what um, God's taught her through that. And so some of the um, things that I highlighted throughout reading um started with her conversation of who even is my neighbor yeah and i i think that was a really good first start you know um that was like chapter one part one is who even is my neighbor Mm -hmm. and she gives a story about um someone who was 25 years older than her and they were never meant to be friends or even like have coffee dates every week Um, the woman that she was talking to was single with no children and a senior discount. And like Shana was talking about how she was young enough to be her daughter and the, her ideas don't align perfectly all the time. And 
she says, yet in each other, we recognize the reward of stepping outside our norm and our unlikely friendship group. Yes. Whew. Man, like, just starting off really strong. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> friendships, not even outside of your ideological um, stance, but even just age. Yeah. I think that was a good place to start, and I have some personal experiences in that. Um, that I'll discuss later, but there's so much to be learned and the Bible discusses it, like learn from those who are older than you in the church and how difficult or easy is that to do if you don't form friendships with those people. Right. Yeah. Her, the whole first part of this book where she's just talking about finding your neighbors and talking about the first part of her life changes where they were moving and everything. She really had some hard hitters in that part. One thing that I wrote down is she said, as Christ followers, we are called to be long haul neighbors committed to authenticity and willing to take some risks. And then she says, God points us to places we need to be and may least expect and asks us to believe it's enough. And that for me, like, because you're always thinking that you want the next thing, you know, like you like, oh, well. I'm here with this person, but like, I'd rather be on vacation with this person. Whereas like, you just need to, I don't know. I, I felt convicted in the fact that like letting what you have and letting what God is showing you at the moment be enough. (laughs) That's a hard one for me. Me also. Yeah. Um, I, in another excerpt is where we've been taught to self-protect we're now ready to reach out not just the people who remind us of ourselves but to anyone in arm's reach man how many people are in arm's reach on a daily basis a lot for me (laughs) because of my job so that was that hit for me like man who like there are so many people in arm's reach every day and I don't consider them my neighbor because I'm not like them or yeah. I only talk to them five minutes every month <laughs> as it relates to work related people. Like I only talk to them a few times a month. Like they're not really my neighbors, but they are. Yeah. Her story is so interesting because, um, she goes into the fact that her husband is a chaplain at a jail. And so they invite a lot of people from former addictions to struggling addicts and, all of these different types of people into their homes on the daily that like, like you said, people with our arms reach, we wouldn't look at them and be like, Oh, do you want to come over for dinner? Like I'll make coffee or whatever. Like that's something that I'm right. I'm, I'm, I never think like that. And it makes me wonder if like, that's so bad of me (laughs) to never, I don't know, to never reach out to people like that. No, I completely agree. And I think that, man, there's just so many convicting pieces of this book. Like, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. I want to say all of the highlights that I have. And it's, <laughs> there's like 52 of them. So obviously yeah. that um, we would be here forever. But another part that she really talked about and went really in depth with was if we take a step back and evaluate the world that we live in, we'll realize that we're deeply embedded in a culture that constantly lunges for the mic. Mm -hmm. Like we are in a world that just constantly wants to be 
heard and heard the most. I think listen, she says listening is a form of spiritual hospitality in which you invite strangers to become friends. Like you don't always have to be the talker of the conversation. And part of hospitality is listening. Listen without an agenda. That was yes. a big thing that she said too. Yeah. I think that is like so big. And the title of that chapter is speech therapy for the common big mouth like me. So yeah, common big mouth like me. That is me. Um, so learning to listen as a form of hospitality and not as a form of conflict. I listen really well in conflict, but the reason I listen really well in conflict is because as soon as the other person starts talking, I immediately am like, Oh, they said this. Here's my answer to this. Oh, they listened to this. Here's my answer to this. Uh Like, let the agenda go and just listen. And you'll learn so much about different walks of life is where she was going with that. Yeah, it's crazy, like you said, how as a society, we we really do listen to give a response. And it's or to put in our input or to try and give advice instead of just listening and hearing what the other person is saying. That's hard. Yes. Yeah. Um, at towards, I'm kind of towards the end of the book at this point, but one of my favorite things that she says is if love, because she's the whole thing is about loving your neighbors and reaching out to those around you. She says, if love is as big of a deal as Jesus says it is, we need to be sure that we don't mess it up. I, yeah. that was very convicting <laughs> for me. Because I just, I don't know, loving loving your neighbor. And I feel like, I feel like um, the church that I attend, there are a lot of opportunities to reach out and go serve our congregation. But it's hard for me to see opportunities to serve other people sometimes. And I there's like, I know that like I make excuses for myself. Like, oh, why would they want to see me? Like, they don't even know me or... I'm a, I'm a girl in my twenties. Like, what am I actually going to give them if I go or if I invite them in? And I think that was what was most convincing to me is like, there's always going to be an excuse. Like there's always going to be one. So you have to start somewhere. And on that topic, I feel like another excuse that I give and that other people give is like, well, my house is is dirty. My house is a wreck. Or like, oh, I just like I don't have any food to cook. And she just like was like, nope, not an excuse. Pulled that right out of my purse of excuses because she talks about how like the best time spent that she had was with people who just offered coffee and popcorn. Mm-hmm. Like there there doesn't have to be some big extravagant meal and your house doesn't have to be perfectly clean to invite people over that's not what it's about but she says somewhere along the line we have conferred that opening our home to someone is a special sort of gesture and that the amount of work we put into that gesture indicates our degree of honor we begin to believe our ordinary or the way that we actually live aka our house is a wreck or the floors aren't mopped um is not company worthy and we're afraid of being rejected for who we really are. So we either bail out entirely and say, sorry, I can't do it or crank it to entertainment overdrive and try to wow our way into authenticity. And so 
I was like, man, that is so true. Like, how many times have you, have I been like, oh, I would, I would like to have these people over, but I, it would take me four hours to get my house cleaned. I have nothing to cook. I, I need to go to the grocery store and entertain these people. I moved around in my 20s a lot and um, went to a new congregation in a new city and was just welcomed with open arms by a group in the congregation that really lived their life this way. And I spent two years, you know, in their home. They were in my home and it was never about the food. It was never about how clean their house was. It was never about anything. It was about they were going to make coffee at 10 p.m. for worship on Wednesdays, and they were going to sit down, and we were going to discuss what we learned or something new. Um, and it was just about fellowship. And honestly, I never once looked at their house to be like, oh, they didn't mop their floors today. Right. That's not what I was looking for when I was going over there. And so it's crazy. Like still in my head though, even though I had that experience for two whole years, (laughs) my brain is still like, well, if you don't mop your floors, they're going to see that when they come over. Yeah. Like, no, (laughs) if you don't see it, they're not going to see it. They, sometimes people just want a place to go fellowship and that's where you open your door. So. Mm -hmm. I wish that we could talk about every single story that she shares I know. in this book. Because I keep thinking, like, oh, she said this about, like, this little boy that she was helping mentor. Or, like, oh, this about, like, this neighbor she saw walking down the street. But, like, read the book, guys, because you will take so much more from it, too. Um, yes. Towards the end, one of the things that she focused on was um, communities of oppressed people or... <laughs> yeah. That and one of the things, yeah. One of the things that she said was we need to stop loving on people and just show up for them and like sit with them in their heart and listen. Again, listen without an agenda. And um one of a direct quote is compassion means going directly to those people and places where suffering is most acute and building a home there. And I I don't know. I just love how she said that. Like you just, cause the church talks about loving on people and like, it almost sounds like pity when it doesn't need to be, it needs to be support and like outreach. And that's what she says. Sometimes somewhere in, in the layers of our souls, we started believing that physical poverty was in some way bound with spiritual poverty And so following that logic, we thought we would find more takers for whatever we were doing in low income areas. And it was considered a fast track to the task completion. And I was like, man, how many, how many mission trips, you know, mission trips and how many canvases and and all those things have we just gone directly to the low income areas just because we think there would be more people um that really hit home for me and she talks about how she's living in that neighborhood now and so she is considered one of those people and how yeah people come in and they bring these blow-ups and they grill food for the day and they feed all these people but then they leave and they don't come back and they don't form relationships and so it's like that just kind of makes the 
rips the band-aid off even worse. We put a band-aid on and then we ripped it off even more. Yeah. Yeah, that one was cuz she talks about how much it it almost is repulsive to her yes. to see that happening and it's something that she would have done in the past before right. she was a part of the community. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. Um and she she talks about obviously like we've said she um she and her husband mentor and are friends with a lot of people who have been in a lot of hardships in their lives and that sort of things. Um one um bible story that she brought up was the story about Rahab. Um how she, and she talks about how people call Rahab a prostitute or they call her whatever. She's like, but to me, it's enough to say that Rahab was a human and God used her no matter what her past had been for his purpose in the end, which yeah. I mean, you hear that you've heard the story of Rahab a million times if you've grown up in church, but like, and it's always been said, Oh, she was, she was this and she was that, but like, she was just a human working for God in the end. So right. I just, I don't know. I had never thought about it like that, I guess. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think we're near the end of our time. And so um, there's so many more things that we could both say about the book and things that it taught us and where it really was like a learning moment for me specifically of like, man, how many times have I done that? Or how many times have I thought that? Mm -hmm. um, so if you haven't read the book, even though this podcast is out, please go read the book. Um, yes. Because there's so much more to be learned from it. Yes. I want to to leave you with the the prayer that she um, says at the end of the book. And it is that we look around and locate pain, widening our scope when necessary, and we'll have the guts to take swift action. I pray that we'll all go down together, arms linked, hoarse from shouting on behalf of those found at the short end of justice. I pray that down the, down at street level, we feel the tremor of God's power and decide once and for all that our feet were made for low places and worthy battles. We'll hang a scarlet cord from the window as our promise to keep meddling for the sake of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Man. Good stuff. <laughs> Good stuff really good stuff okay well that's the end of our time here unfortunately i feel like we could talk for two hours about this yes book, but um like she said read it um and yeah i hope you guys take as much from it as we did because it was a very convicting book to read yeah absolutely um february's book of the month for the podcast will be present over perfect um, by Shauna Nequist. We don't really know how to say that. Um, <laughs> the cover is her shoes and water. So look for that. <laughs> and also if you have trouble, um, it's on our Facebook as well. We do yes. want to mention that we have a giveaway that we will be giving away, um, the March book of the month, which is the wall watered woman. Um, once we reach 100 followers on Facebook. So if you're not following us on Facebook, it is Faith and Friendship Podcast. And um, look forward to that. Yep. So that's it for this podcast. We will see you guys next week. And bye. Yeah, see you next week. Bye. Bye.